Okay, what's going on, guys? Thursday, August the 4th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a lot to get into here on this Thursday. I see DGD, Travi, Stephen Boardwell, John Edward, Chase, Cody, C. Youngblood, Connor McCormish. What's going on, guys? Also, if you're in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. I can appreciate you all tuning in. A lot going on. We've already spent an hour talking Gamecocks football this morning. Jumped on air with my guy Mark Rogers over at Mark Rogers TV. If you want to hear that conversation, that interview, go check out his page. Uh, certainly, we will have clips from that. We will be sharing, helping to promote that conversation. Um, really, really great stuff. And I appreciate my friend Mark for having me on. Again, it is Thursday, August the 4th, and some very big things are happening today. First things first, I want to say thank you to all of those who came out last night in person and supported all of those who tuned in digitally. Our final Tin Roof show at Tin Roof in the Vista in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. Um, had a blast, man. Had a blast. And, you know, last night I think I was so caught up in being in the moment and my brain kind of felt like it was scrambled eggs. I was sort of all over the place. But I, I do just want to take another moment and say thank you so much to those Tin Roof folks for having me out for the last year plus. My guy, Corey, the GM, who hit me up on Instagram over a year ago and even gave me the opportunity to become a part of the weekly offerings at Tin Roof. All the guys that I got to know at Tin Roof so well, I created friends for a lifetime. My guy, Talon, Chase Beckman, Chico, J-Mo, uh, Charlie, all the other guys that worked there that showed me love. Tin Roof, the Tin Roof family, for I feel like really welcoming me with opening arms and, and and having me be a part of their family. You know, of course, now the Spurs Up show flag, and we got a Beamer Ball towel now, and the TSUS stickers that cover the bar, right? That feels like kind of the one of the unofficial homes of, of the Spurs Up show and the Big Cock Club and the business as well. And, uh, you know, looking back, it, it's something that an opportunity that we took advantage of that I not only, not only felt like was something I wanted to do, but was something that was necessary and needed to happen, not just for my business growth, but for my personal growth as a human being. You know, a lot of experiences at Tin Roof over the last year plus. And again, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to, to uh, continue to follow my passions and dreams and do what I love from a fantastic venue. And again, I just want to say yet again, thank you so much to my Tin Roof family. We will be back. We'll be, we will be back. Maybe not on a Wednesday. Maybe not on a shag night. It won't be quite the same, but uh, certainly, man, when I come back in town, Tin Roof's always going to be a spot that I stop by and can't wait to just continue to see those guys. And, again, relationships that I'll have for, for a lifetime have been created because of that opportunity we took advantage of. And I just wanted to take a moment yet again to let those people know how much I appreciate them and just to yet again say thank you to everybody in the Tin Roof family. Thank you all so much for the uh, for the love, the support, and uh, – one hell of a ride over the last year plus. So with that being said, again, just wanted to show them love here on this Thursday, guys. Again, it is a huge, huge Thursday for TSUS. It's a huge Thursday for us all because it is report day for Gamecocks football. Players report. Shane Beamer is speaking to the media at 3 o'clock ahead of the start of fall camp tomorrow. So very exciting. Also, the TSUS tour continues tonight. Hey, we're in downtown Greenville, right here down the road from yours, truly. 
We're in downtown Greenville, right? Hanging out. Can't wait to see a bunch of great upstate Gamecocks. All the fellowship with you guys. We'll have a Q&A that'll start around 7.30 or so. Also, also, we got these bad boys back in stock officially. Woo! Back in stock. If you're listening via the podcast version, which I'll get into in just a second, the Beamer Ball Towels. We will have Beamer Ball towels available tonight at the event in downtown Greenville as well as koozies. I know I didn't have them last week, my Myrtle Beach folks, and I apologize for that, but we will have those towels on hand. They will be for sale, $5 a pop. If you want a Beamer Ball towel, come on out to downtown Greenville tonight. We'll get going at 6 o'clock. I'll take your questions, probably get beginning around 7.30. Just going to be a great night. Going to be a great night in the city. Uh, I think I'm going to have some family in town. I know we'll have a lot of friends there. I, I'm expecting a fantastic crowd tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, guys, other than that, I'm really excited and proud to announce this happening within the last 20 minutes or so. Really, really excited and proud to announce. I had talked about this. It is now a reality. The Daily Crow, right, is now available via podcast version. So all you folks who tune in live, right, I appreciate you greatly. We take your questions, comments, calls. You guys interact. You are the show. But it dawned upon me that not everybody can tune in live. And not everybody can tune in live for the, the entire, entire excuse me two-hour block, right? And so there's conversations and there's banter and there's stuff we talk about that might be missed by some of you. Well, no more. No more. You don't have to go back on YouTube and watch. You don't have to go back to Twitter or Twitch or or Facebook or whatever it might be. The Daily Crow, I'm proud to announce, is now available in podcast form. The podcast is already up. It's already available with yesterday's Daily Crow. I know on iTunes and Spotify for sure. I believe it'll probably be on Stitcher and Google Podcasts for my Android users out there. But again, most importantly, I think like 94% of our audience tunes in on iTunes anyways. So the Daily Crow is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm very excited for that. Again, I believe that it is going to create a ton of value for our audience, a ton of value for slapdicks like Ethan Dalton on Facebook. It's going to create a ton of value for those who tune into this show on a day-in, day-out basis. The plan is, the plan is that I will do the Daily Crow noon to two. And see, the beauty about it and why I'm doing this, another reason is this, guys. I'm really not adding any work. Um, I mean, I edited the first because I needed a first episode to create the feed. I edited that in like less than five minutes, truly. Like editing audio, it's just like like that. It's so easy. Um, Cody Gaskins, yes, the five-minute breaks will be eliminated in the audio version. So, for example, the podcast uh, version that dropped today, again, to get the feed going, was an hour and 46 minutes long. So yes, those five-minute breaks will be eliminated. Why is this also a big deal? It's a big deal for the business side of things, right? This gives us more advertising space. This gives us more advertising opportunity to throw ads within that Daily Crow podcast. So they won't be five minutes, but it could be just like your typical minute, minute and a half long ad read when we'd normally have that five-minute break, right? But for the time being, Cody, yes. When you listen to the show, you'll just hear, hey, we're going to jump into a five-minute break, taking more of your questions, comments, calls, and then there'll be like a 
five-second pause, and then it's like, okay, we're back. So there won't be a five-minute break in the podcast version. Yeah, I'm not just going to leave five minutes of empty space. But, um, no, I think it's something that's going to provide about a lot of value. That's, that's why I'm doing it. I, I just think that when I think about our audience, I know there's a lot of you guys that go back and you listen to the show after the fact. And, for example, like when we have Steven Garcia on or we have Dante Reno on and we have any guests on, there's a lot of people that want to hear those conversations that are busy from noon to two. So I just wanted to, I, you know, I, I wanted to, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Listen, I'm transparent with you guys too, man. I'm transparent. Um, we're making a little bit of money from YouTube. It's nothing crazy, right? It's nothing crazy. We don't make money from Facebook. We don't make money from social media platforms. Believe it or not, your favorite creators don't make money from social media directly. Our podcasts are being monetized now, right? Through Blue Wire. So that is another reason I'm like, hey, why not do this? We're able to monetize the podcast thanks to our friends at Blue Wire, right? That platform helps us to monetize. Why not take advantage of that opportunity? And, and, and also, but also in turn, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't pushing immense value for you guys. Like I said, I just think that there's a lot of folks that can't tune into the whole two hour block or any of it and they want to go back and listen. So instead of having to have YouTube pulled up and not be able to use your phone, I know as a consumer, that's annoying. Now you have it on iTunes. Now you have it on Spotify. Now you have the opportunity to just tune in that podcast or tune in this show as a normal podcast. So the plan will be after we finish up here, after we finish up here, I don't know that there's going to be like a set time that the show drops every day. Maybe like three o'clock, we'll say. Maybe three o'clock. Uh, but it will drop basically immediately after the show airs noon to two, right? Um, I mean, maybe we could drop it at five. I mean, but why? I, I say why wait? Like the show's happened, right? So, I mean, um, We'll probably just drop it at like three o'clock after the fact. So Monday through Friday, this is going to happen noon to two. And then the podcast version, I think, will drop Monday through Friday at like three. And you guys will be able to listen to that. Okay. Whenever, whenever you can. So I, I just think it's something that's going to push a lot of value for our audience. And I'm really excited for it. So let's see. Robbie Davis, what's going on? I see you commenting, my friend. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Craig Phillips in the TDC question channel. Yeah, man, I'm ready for kickoff. Ready for kickoff for sure. Ready for kickoff uh shane beamer's media availability today will be at three o'clock and it will be on youtube we will not be airing it live but we will be tuned in covering it we will be tuned in covering it let's see Again, appreciate my friend Mark Rogers for having me on his show. Had a blast talking ball with him, man. I, I just, I'll tell you guys, I, I say yes to most opportunities. I, I do, I do. Um, like last night, my buddy Chris Marler, College Football Uncensored, shout out to those guys. Did he call me and was like, hey, can you jump on in 30 seconds and talk counter football? 30 seconds was the heads up he gave me. Appreciate that, Marler. Like, like a minute heads up. And, uh, you know, I was out and about at Tin Roof, enjoying my last night with those guys. And, you know, I could have just said, no, nah, I mean, I'm good. I, I don't really want to do that. I'm good. I'm enjoying my night out. I'm good. But I, I just, I, I don't, listen, I don't take it for granted <laughs> to have the opportunity to talk about my favorite team. I don't take for granted the fact that folks value my opinion enough, um, that folks value my opinion enough to where they want me on their show. You know, I, I just, guys, I just, I have tons. I have an immense amount of perspective. 
um, in regards to, I mean, I, I used to work in the cube. I used to work in the office nine to five. I, I would have begged for someone to have me on their podcast. You know what I mean? So when somebody asked me to do it, um, it's very rarely that I'm going to turn it down. You know what I mean? Hunter Herlong with a super chat. Thank you, Hunter. Appreciate you. He says, enjoyed that combo with you and Mark. Keep up the good work. Best on the internet. Hunter, one more time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Again, those tuned into the podcast version right now, the basically, I mean, episode one technically is dropped. This is the first ever one I'm doing with the podcast. Going to be dropping after. Thank you all. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, Braddock843 with a question. says, Chris, are you able to quantify your audience to build value to advertiser spots? Uh, Braddock, I think I'm answering your question correctly when I say yes, because we have download numbers. Like, we have numbers to back it up. And, uh, Braddock, this isn't this isn't some scenario in where we're getting, like, a 1,000 downloads a month, Braddock. We are, you know, last year during football season, we topped out, I believe it was the month of October. It may have been September, but I think it was the month of October. We, had, uh, we topped out at 57,000 downloads in that month, 57,000 over the course of August to January. We averaged on a monthly basis 50,000 downloads per month. And I think we're going to undoubtedly just do, eclipse those numbers this fall. I, I really do. My, my goal, my goal, my, my top out goal is 75,000. That, that, that's my goal. Uh, downloads in a month. I think it's extremely doable, especially if we win some football games. <laughs> especially if we're able to win a couple games. I think it's very, very doable. Football just, I mean, it just moves the needle, guys. I mean, we we sit around, I mean, I'll just tell you, we sit around the the thirty to 35,000 downloads range over the summer and the preseason, which are good numbers. I mean, when you think about the fact that, like, nothing's going on practically, right? We we do very well in the preseason. I mean, that, those are those are solid numbers, Braddock. Those are numbers you can sell to advertisers, undoubtedly. I mean, that, that's that's a lot of people, and I mean, that's just one piece of the content, right? But for the podcast specifically, those are good numbers. But uh, those numbers skyrocket when we get to kickoff. I mean, they just skyrocket. So, um, yes, yes. To answer your question, I am a to build to build. You to advertise. Let's jump to the phone lines here. We're starting to hot on Thursday. Send a voicemail. Walker, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind? So I was watching your show with um, the voice of college football. I forgot his name. Mark Rogers. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. But um, y'all were talking about the record, and I find it. And I'll, I've been watching a lot of videos. I find it amazing how many people like just like I don't want to say don't see the upside because that's like a how do I say like they're leaning towards us being worse than they're leaning to us being better mm-hmm. if that makes any because I find four and eight that I find that disrespectfully horrible mm-hmm. I mean I'm sorry that's like a Vandy type level like you got to think if we're four and eight we've won one game in the SEC Probably, unless we beat like Clemson or something like that. Yeah, like, I, I, I know, I know, that. I know. Mark was trying to play the hypothetical thing just for the sake of conversation, but I, I agree with you, Walker. That was that's mm-hmm. just that's just that that to me is like if you want to say nine and three or ten and two is unrealistic, four and eight's just as unrealistic. I mean, that's that's absurd. I agree with you. It's absurd. I think I think four and eight. In my opinion, I think this is just my straight opinion. Four and three, I mean, four and eight, four and three, 
four and eight is more unrealistic than ten and uh, than nine and three. That's my opinion. I think that's fair. But um, yeah. what I'd say is um, you also did bring up one point about how um, uh, if you ask you ask a ton of fans, what would you rather have? Guaranteed eight and four season, or a um, you know, just roll the dice type season. And you said it's it's crazy to you how many people would roll the dice at the chance of, you know, um, of um, you know, possibly getting the nine three Sanders. Nine three. I me personally, I wouldn't take that as a. Um, I mean, I roll the dice, but I'm not saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we are, have a better shot at going nine and three than eight and four. What I'm trying to say is that if we go eight and four I mean there's how do I say this there's definitely more risks in it but I feel like it being risky is one of the more entertaining parts about it and um like you have so much more room like I don't me personally I don't think we can go much lower than six and six and I, I think we make a bowl game no matter what and hey say there is that you know I think there's a really good chance we do go eight and four so say we go over that that's you know amazing and that could change the whole like narrative eight and four and nine and three are two very very different records eight and four is a borderline top 25 record nine and three is a top top 10 team yeah i think if you go uh, eight and four with this schedule you're definitely in the in, in the top 25 i i would just say yeah i mean and certainly to your point um to your point, Walker. I mean, I, I, you know, it's all it's all talking season stuff. It's all hypothetical. So, you know, taking away, I certainly wouldn't want to take away from the drama of the season. That's what makes it fun, right? If we knew, if you knew every year going into the season what your record was going to be, well, then it wouldn't be any fun, right? It's it's the hope and the optimism mm-hmm. and the feeling in the preseason of everybody's zero and zero, right? Dreams of 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 these high expectations that really makes that makes college football and really sports in general, right? Just so special. Mm-hmm. Um, I said what I said because I, I, I would just, I would kill for an eight and four season. I think eight and four, no matter how you slice oh, yeah. it, almost no matter how you even lose to, or no matter who you lose to would be a great year. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, to your point, you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe an Arkansas is a disappointment this year. They don't have a great year. Maybe, a Maybe a yeah, maybe an A and M is just nowhere near what everybody thinks they're going to be, and you're you're you could have had the opportunity to beat them, but, but because you signed in for eight and four, right? You don't win those games. So, um, listen, I I think I try to be as you probably know, Walker. I try to be somewhere in the middle. I try to not get too too high. I try to not get too too low either. I agree with you. I, I think mm-hmm. worst case with a healthy Spencer Rattler and just assuming everybody's healthy, I I'd be shocked floored if this team missed the bowl game i'd be floored if they did and it'd be a failure a complete failure let's call it for what it is i don't see that happening right i think somewhere between six and six and eight and four is where this team will land i think most realistically seven and five or or eight and four um i've picked eight and four obviously but listen gamecock fans should be excited i mean i think if you're not excited you don't have a pulse because here's the thing like you heard walker Mm -hmm. mark mark rogers right you heard you heard mark rogers Mm -hmm. Why are people so quick to give the benefit of the doubt to the negative side for South Carolina and not the positive side? Well, unfortunately, it's because of the Gamecocks' history. It's the history, right? Florida's going to get more benefit of the doubt than Carolina just because of history. And that's not fair, but it just is what it is. 
what we were talking about last week is how they just have, Florida has a history that we don't have. So they're just going to automatically get the benefit of the doubt. But there's one the one thing I do want to say about the schedule that is, I, me personally, I do believe makes it so hard to predict the schedule mm-hmm. is that the way it lines up, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So I think you were talking about this a little bit. You say we go eight and four in those first. I mean, oh, you you said you saw some people picked us to go um, oh and four in those first SEC um, games. What I find so intriguing about that is they think, and I completely agree with you, they think we're going to go four, we're going to, you know, like win, go Missouri, Vanderbilt, Florida, Tennessee wins. Now, I'm not saying that I would be surprised if that happens. What I'm saying is, is I'm surprised that the way that happens, meaning I think we could beat those teams if the schedule was different if that makes any sense because they're all back to back the fact that we went 0 and 4 the team's going to be so discouraged mm. off of those first four SEC games how do you think they're going to have the confidence to go 4 and 0 mm. bounce right back in you know their loss streak and turn it right back <clears throat> into a winning streak and there's one thing I will say and Beamer brought this up plenty of times in interviews our team I don't think we ever lost more than two games in a row last year mm. Or did we ever lose anything more than – No, so after after the first two weeks in which we beat EIU and then East Carolina, right, back-to-back, we did not mm-hmm. lose back-to-back games. We did not win back-to-back games. We literally went win-loss, yeah. win-loss, win-loss. We, we alternated throughout the entire season. So, And we never, by the way, yeah, never that's, fell that's, never fell below 500. So that's another streak we'll try to keep up mm-hmm. this year. That's another thing is I don't think we can absolutely slip like – the exact different, you know, oh and four and then four and four. That's just a little absurd to me. So I know people uh, a couple weeks ago people were asking me about games. So I'm gonna give a brief little quick since I know I don't want to take too much of your time. My schedule breakdown like very very fast. Hey Wednesday Walker, losses. take take all the time you like, my guy. Go ahead, take all the time you uh, like. Sincerely. So Georgia State, I mean. We're a 14-point favorite. I think that's a pretty easy game to pick. But they could – I don't want to say they could upset us, but they could make it closer than it should be. They have done that to teams in the past. So, I'll take that as a win. Arkansas, y'all asked me about plenty of times last week, and I think this is going to be a very, very good game. But because of the fact that Arkansas has a home uh, field advantage and, you know, our defensive line has just got to stop the run against such a very good – Kind of like a mobile quarterback, and we have not been good about stopping a mobile quarterback. Maybe we're different this year, but I don't think we're going to have to stop J.J. Jefferson on the run, so I think that's a loss. Now, I know you probably have this game written off, and I know it's just I'm probably going to get – I don't want to say trash to this one, but I have Georgia as a W. I've been looking at this game for weeks, and the more and more and more I look into it, I just – I feel like it's just crazy – how high people are in them. Now, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but you said you had them going undefeated. There are a lot of trap games they have this season. I will say that there is a lot of trap games where I think they could go un- that they could unexpectedly lose. And another thing is we have also, I mean, Georgia, I've brought this stat up before and I'm going to do it again. They look so much like LSU and, a, and people expect them to bounce back with the recruiting class. A little fact I'm going to drop again. Them and LSU had the 
same amount, they had the same ranking of recruiting class coming off their national championship game. So everybody expected LSU, oh, they just won the national championship. They had a historic offense. Oh, you're that's going to be hard to come off. Well, they had the number three recruiting class. Um, they didn't do very well. And everybody was high on Coach O. He wasn't as expected. Now, me personally, I don't think they're going to be LSU. I don't think they're going to be a 6-1 team. But I think this is a trap game. Columbia, williams Bryce is going to be crazy. And I think we could upset. Now, Charlotte and South Carolina State, I'm not really going to go into depth. Those are both W's. And now going into Kentucky, we have dunked in this rivalry for – or not rivalry, but it's probably rivalry for us since we've lost six, seven games in a row or whatever. We have got to win one of these soon, and I will say this. I think we're going to flip a Kentucky or Tennessee. I do believe we lose to Kentucky only because it's away, and I know that's just going to suck for everybody to say, but I think we I think we beat Tennessee, and I think we lose to Kentucky. I feel like no matter what, we're probably going to flip one of those games. One of those games is going to be a win, and one of them is going to be a loss. A&M, us historically, we suck off of it, and they're also coming off a bye week, which nobody's talking about. They're saying, oh, we're coming off a bye week. Well, they are too. So I think that's a loss. Missouri and Vanderbilt, I'm not really going to go much into. I think that's a W for both those games. Uh, Florida, I think, is one of the most overrated teams in college football. That's my opinion. They're one of the most overrated teams in college football. I think that's a win. As I said, Tennessee or Kentucky is going to be flipped. And sadly, I think we lose to Clemson in the rivalry game. So I think we have us. I think I have us eight and four. Yeah, eight and four mm-hmm. with losses to Arkansas, Kentucky, or yeah, Kentucky, A and M, and Clemson. I love it, man. A four-game winning streak. So you do have the four-game winning streak though at the end of the season. But the win over Georgia early mm-hmm. will set the tone for that to happen. Because mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. Hey, yeah. I'll say this. I've, I've labeled Kentucky the biggest inflection point, but. But with that being said, I just think as long as the Gamecocks start mm-hmm. four and two and go into the bye week at four and mm-hmm. two, you're okay. I, I'm not even necessarily, necessarily yeah. saying you have to beat Kentucky, but you need to be four and two. I just don't think it's going to be good mm-hmm. enough to be three and three, no SEC wins. And with no SEC wins, you'll have, I feel like, no confidence. So getting an SEC yeah. win is pivotal. You just got it against Georgia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what team we're going to beat. I'm not going to say. I 100% know which team we're going to be. I think it's Georgia, but I think they're in those first four SEC games. We, I almost can guarantee you, we will at least beat one of them. I love it. I love it, man. Eight and four, Walker. You're locked in. Eight and four. Uh, you got so you got five and three in SEC play. Then eight and four, five and three in mm-hmm. SEC play, which would probably put the Gamecocks, I'd say, at worst, third in the East. At worst. Yeah. Very worst. Kentucky and Tennessee goes. Thank you for having me on, and I uh, really appreciate it. Walker, hell of a call, man. Thank you so much. Call in any time. Appreciate you, my friend. Have a great Thursday. Yes, sir. Yeah, take care. Walker, man, incredible. Incredible call there. Yeah, DGD, put that in your pipe and smoke it, DGD. Walker says the Gamecocks are taking down Georgia. The Gamecocks are taking down Georgia in week three. I will say, again, in case you missed it, Walker's got Carolina beating Georgia State. He's got Gamecocks losing to Arkansas, Kentucky, A&M, and Clemson winning all the rest. Beating Georgia, that's his big upset, big upset pick. And uh, I tell you what, DGD, he feels like Georgia's this year's LSU. 
Is Georgia a nine-win team this year? A- am I wrong? Does, does Georgia not even win the East this year? I won't even be that bold. My, the problem with it is there isn't an Alabama in the same division to dethrone them. If this was 2011, 12, 13 Carolina, I could see it. But out of Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, like who, who would be the team and knock Georgia off the pedestal? I don't know that anybody's ready to do it. But uh, I love it. Walker with some uh, with a bold bold pick on that Georgia ball game. And our guy DGD, uh, I won't say he has his feathers ruffled, but he's a... Uh, Feeling some type of way. Our, our guy, DGD, I think might be feeling some type of way about that pick. Either way, great call from Walker. Walker, I appreciate you, my friend. Call in any time. Call in any time. Um, Travis Lee, my volume is all the way up as it is normal. The, the, the volume drops a little bit when people call in. You just you just got to gotta roll with the punches on that one, my guy. But I got it turned up. I'm looking at my phone, too. I got it turned up all the way. So... Uh, Daddy O says, I think Tennessee is the most overrated team in college football. I think Tennessee's a nine-win team this year. I, 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 think, I think Tennessee's solid. I think Tennessee's solid, personally, but that's just me. So, Anyways, guys, we are taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Appreciate you all tuning in again, guys. A big day today. It is media day. Shane Beamer will speak to the media at 3 o'clock. Garrett H., Thank you for reposting this question, Gary. says, anything that you want to hear Bima address or talk about today? Is there anything in particular, Garrett? Not necessarily. I, I, I don't know what Beamer could really say that, you know, I, I mean, I think he's just going to give kind of the typical speech on, you know, getting ready for fall camp and guys are all showing up reporting. And I'll just be intrigued to hear about, well, I, I say Kai Kroger. I really just, I was going to say injury updates, making sure everybody's good to go. We obviously know Kai Kroger is going to miss a lot of fall camp. Um, so I do want to hear the update on him. We already know Rick Sandage is done. I just would like to hear, is there anybody else that might miss some time? Um, other than that, I mean, what I don't know what Beamer could say or update that we don't kind of already, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is there hasn't even been a practice yet. Practice will begin tomorrow, Cade. Practice will begin tomorrow. But just excited to hear Beamer. Excited to hear Beamer. Again, talking season's over, guys. That's the beauty of it. Talking season's officially over. Uh, guys will hit the field tomorrow. And, uh, I mean, just super pumped, man. Super pumped, obviously, for what I do with content and the show and everything. And and uh, we sit here now less than a month. Less than a month away from kickoff. We're 30 days away. Very, very excited. Very excited, man, to get this thing going. And, and uh, you know, we won't hear a – we won't hear a ton from camp or anything, right? They don't have open practices. They're not going to give you any kind of crazy indications of what's going on. But uh, either way, man, either way, just to, you know, just to uh, have the team back on the practice field, it's just, again, one of those indications that football is right around the corner. So, hey, how about this, too? I mean, the, the preseason begins tonight, the NFL, Jags and Raiders, right? High school football begins very soon. I just saw my alma mater, North Augusta, post something on Instagram, 15 days till kickoff. So basically two weeks from tomorrow, high school ball will kick off. So that's exciting. So football's here, folks. Football's here. Uh, It may not be kickoff quite yet, but football's here. Football is here. So um, really excited again to hear from Beamer. Excited to see the guys in their uniforms. There'll be a lot of player availability as well today. 
Um, so excited to hear from all those guys and hear what they have to say. And I'm pumped up, man. I'm fired up. You should be too. You should be too. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I mean, I, I got Georgia going undefeated regular season. So obviously, I think Georgia's going to be pretty good. <laughs> I think Georgia's going to be pretty good. Maybe that's a lazy, maybe that's a lazy pick from me. But uh, I don't know. I think Georgia's still solid. I think Georgia's still immensely talented. So. Chris Miller, I know you have to beat the best to be the best, but, man, I wish we didn't have to play a every season. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really tired. Really tired of uh, playing A&M. Babes and Waves. Is North Augusta more South Carolina or Georgia fans? Um, In the city of North Augusta, it, excuse me, it's on the South Carolina side. So I'd say you have more Gamecocks in North Augusta specifically. It's a mix of Carolina, Clemson, and Georgia. Um, there are a lot of Georgia fans, though, and I grew up around a lot of Georgia fans. That's one of the reasons why I hated Georgia just as much, if not more, than I hated Clemson, honestly. Because Clemson at that point wasn't what they are now, right? Clemson was a, a six-win-a-year program like we were. But Georgia was winning, and I heard so much crap from Georgia people. Constantly, constantly heard the crap. So, um, yeah, but it, it was kind of a mix. It was kind of a mix. So, Cade, here's a good question. I'm ready to see who the first three receivers are on the depth chart. Van Wells. Yeah, we should get a depth chart pretty soon. That, that is, that is a, another great point you make. We should get a depth chart fairly soon. Um, I think it will be Van and Wells, certainly. Like, I, I'm going to do with my position unit previews, right? My position unit previews. I am going to do depth charts for every. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Depth charts for every single every single position. When it comes to receivers, I I still put Van as wide receiver one. Guys, until Wells until Wells does something on the field, I'm not putting him at the number one slot. I got Van wide receiver one, Wells wide receiver two. Wide receiver three is tricky. Because Rucker's getting a lot of hype. But again, he's another guy who's done. So you're telling me number two and number three have never played a snap in the SEC. I think Leggett could be wide receiver three. Just to start out. I mean, guys, this is going to change. This is going to evolve. I'm not saying Rucker can't be that dude. And I think Rucker would probably be wide receiver four at worst. It's just crazy to think that like two of our top three receivers could be guys who were not even on the roster last year. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I think it's I think it's Van Wells, Leggett, Rucker. I think Leggett's wide receiver three. Dude, I, I've been calling for Leggett to have a breakout season for like three years now. So, <laughs> yeah. Cade says, let's not forget about how good Brooks was through those first six weeks, especially against Kentucky. I I, I got to be honest with you, Cade. I, I don't think Brooks even breaks the top five receivers. I um, I think I think you're looking at my – just in no order. Van Wells, Rucker, Leggett, Dak Joyner, um, Jaheim Bell's a pass catcher. Stog will catch the football. Like, where does, where does Brooks fall in regards to options for this team? And you're not going to be going five wide every play. 
Brooks will play. I'm not saying he won't play, but I don't look at him as one of our top pass catching options. Um, I'd put Rucker ahead of Jalen Brooks, personally. But, I mean, Jalen Brooks could be a really good receiver if he learned to hold on to the football. That, that's his biggest problem. He just, he just can't catch the football. Um, Amarian Brown, too. God, thank you. Thank you. I knew there was somebody I was forgetting. Amarian Brown, where does he figure in? Maybe Amarian Brown's wide receiver three. I think that's the position battle within that room. Who's the third guy? I think it's very clear Van and Wells are the top two. So, uh, Kate says, wow, this is a problem I haven't had to deal with in a while. What are you referring to? Luke RJ, Chris, this football season is going to be crazy just because ever since I started following all your content, I don't remember breaking down the season and the schedule this much in the past. Well, Luke RJ, I appreciate you following along first things first. And, uh, I, I just I don't know Luke RJ I just think with the with the excitement I mean listen the numbers I'll tell you this just from my my end my perspective I mean the numbers the amount of people of tuning in on a daily basis it it's never been this high it, it's never been to the level that it is right now and again I just think that that obviously speaks to Shane Beamer and, and what he's done with this program and what you did last year and and uh, winning a bowl game and adding guys you added adding a Spencer Rattler and and uh, so I mean I, I think. I mean, that's the thing, Luke, RJ, as the, as, the, as the product on the field improves, what we do will improve. Now, granted, it doesn't matter. We could lose every game, and I'm going to still make great content. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to make great content when the product is, is, is a positive, when the product is, is, is good, right, versus when you're losing. I mean, that's the thing. It's funny, like when I, you know, back in the, in the, in, in the Muschamp era, you know, there were some people that hated my content. I said, guys, I'm just a reflection of what's happening on the field. I mean, how can you make positive content around a team that goes four and eight? I mean, what are you supposed to say? You know, it's much easier to be positive, optimistic, excited when you're winning some games. Not even saying winning them all, but winning some games. You know? So, yeah, I I think a lot of it goes back to, again, Beamer and the excitement he's built and generated and uh, we're all fired up, Luke RJ. So I, I uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Where like people ask me, it's like, do you ever get tired of talking Carolina? Like you do it every single day. And I'll say because of you guys, I don't. Certainly, you guys are a huge part of that, and I love getting your feedback and your banter. But again, it all just speaks to when you got a guy like Shane Beamer that's building what he's built, and 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 it's just on a daily basis, man. The the positivity and the energy and the optimism, and and uh, no, it just it doesn't get old, man. It just doesn't get old. Melissa says she's a diehard Clemson fan. She watches the show every day. Well, Melissa, I appreciate you. I don't like your favorite team, but I appreciate you tuning in either way. T-Man, love the studio background. Yeah, this is what we're rolling with right now, T-Man. I, you know, I may keep it. I may switch it up. I don't know. We're just, we're in the new stew. I mean, there's plenty of options, but I just, I'll be honest with you. I've got the desk set up right here, and it's just, it's a lot easier to navigate. It, it's so much easier to leave the laptop where it is. Um, might play with the background. You never know. Might play with the background a little bit. I've thought about maybe putting the Spurs Up show and the big cock club flags like hanging down right here. I think that would actually look really cool. And yeah, there'd be there'd be room for it too. So I, I might I might do that. I might do that at some point. Probably not right now because we're using those flags on the TSUS tour, and we actually use them in tailgates too. So I don't even know if I'll do that at all. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're gonna play with the background. Joy's in the journey. You all know. We evolve as we go. Uh, my guy, Phil, what's the expectations for Stogner this season? Seems like the forgotten man. 
but it was a big deal to get him in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's that's interesting, Phil. My buddy brought that up too. Is he is sort of the forgotten guy, and I think the reason, I think the reason is because he didn't go through spring ball, so he didn't. We didn't get to see him on the field in the spring game, and so he didn't. He didn't get the hype and the buzz as some others, like a Wells, right, who touched the football in the in the spring game. But Stogner's certainly, I mean, dude. Stogner's got the chance to be an All Conference type player. Certainly, he's got the chance to be an All Conference guy. So. Um, I think it's huge. I think he'll be – I think he will be one of Spencer Rattler's favorite targets, right? These guys played at Oklahoma together. They understand how each other works. They, they understand how each other ticks. While some guys on Counter's offense might have to adjust to Rattler a little bit, Stodner already knows. So, I think early in the season, would not shock me at all to see Rattler going to Stodner a lot. So, I don't know that I'm putting, Phil, like a certain number for expectations on him, Right because there are so many options, there's so many weapons of, you know, who's got to get the football, who needs to touch it. So I, I don't know that I put a number of yardage or touchdowns, but I think he's got a – I'm excited for him. I think he is kind of the forgotten guy, and I think he can make a big impact in this offense for sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> Garrett, I know you can't take much from simulations. I think one thing you can look at is how the computer rates our talent. So if the game simulates us winning, then it thinks we have the talent to win. I mean, look at the Georgia game. <laughs> look at the Georgia game, I guess. By the way, the season simulation series will pick back up on Sunday night. Sunday night, we will do – it's funny. The, ne- the next two are going to be – I mean, just like the regular season, though, we got we got Charlotte and SC State. I don't even think SC State's on the game, by the way. I don't think, I don't think they're on the game. I think we might have to schedule, like, FCS East, which we'll just sit through watching us play FCS East. But Sunday night, we'll do Charlotte. Monday night, SC State. Tuesday night at Kentucky. That'll be a fun one. So it'll continue uh, coming up on Sunday, Sunday through Tuesday. And that'll be every week for the next three weeks. We will do that. Um, Daddy-O says, your show is great. If it wasn't, former players wouldn't contribute. Daddy-O, thank you for that. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing to get to talk to guys like Garcia and have guys like Kelsey Quarles call in and a guy like Dante Reno who's a commitment and – and uh, I just I appreciate those guys so greatly for uh, for being willing to come on the show and, and and express their opinions. And again, it just creates so much value for you guys because I know fans. We all want to hear from those guys. We, who doesn't want to hear from Kelsey Quarles? Who doesn't want to hear from Stephen Garcia? God forbid. So it's a blast, man. I can't say thank you enough to those guys. Uh, I cannot say thank you enough to those guys. So let's see. Um, Braddock, any update on the linebacker spots? Feel like that's the biggest question mark. I, I don't know that there's really any update. Again. Fall camp gets going tomorrow, so that we'll start to kind of fi- finally learn some things about this team, maybe. Uh, I think Sherrod Green being back is a big boost, but that linebacker room still got a lot to prove, man, because, I mean, we feel like there's talent, but I feel like we're kind of just saying that. Um, again, we're going to go through these position unit previews. I'm going to grade every position. I'm a tough, I'm a tough grader. I mean, I look at the linebacker group. I don't want to spoil that show, but – Linebackers are what, kind of a C minus? Is D plus too harsh? I mean, I just maybe a C minus. That, that's probably fair. But like they're they're there's some there's some talented players. They're not great. Until proven otherwise. And just until proven otherwise, the linebackers are average. They're average. So we need guys like Kaba and, and and Sherrod Green to take the next step and be, you know, we need a guy like Stone Blanton to figure in and and be a big time player, man. Be a big-time player. Aron says, spot the damn ball. Indeed. Indeed. 
Travis Lee, if the offense isn't fun to watch and scoring points, does Satterfield make it through four games? Travis, I, I don't see a scenario in which a coach is fired midseason. No, I, I don't I don't see that. But they'll do whatever they got to do to score points. So so who knows? Maybe maybe Freddie Kitchens does get the get the controls. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, babes and waves. Yeah, South Carolina State beat Jackson State in the. Oh, I forget the the Car- was it the Camilla Bowl or whatever. I don't know. Camilla Bowl. They beat him in a bowl game. That's all I know. Guys, we're rocking. We're rolling here on this Thursday, August the 4th. We're going to jump into our first break, but I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. The comments, the questions are rolling in here on this Thursday. Matt Sellers says, here we go. Was Kitchens brought in as the OC in waiting? Matt, people hate Satterfield so much that they want to create conspiracy theories around Freddie Kitchens being hired. Matt, maybe he was. I don't know, but it would not be fair of me to sit here and tell you yes or no when I don't have any idea. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows the answer to that question. How, let me ask you this, Matt, how do you think that would work in regards to, like, a business working relationship? I I just, I just, I cannot fathom. Marcus Satterfield would be cool, would be Gucci, with like, oh, okay, you just brought in my replacement. He's going to actively work, and I'm just here to serve as a puppet to recruit for you guys. I just don't think that's a realistic thing. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's a realistic thing. So, anyways. Guys, again, Shane Beamer speaking to the media today at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, he will speak to the media, address everyone ahead of... Fall camp beginning tomorrow. Anyways, I'd like to hear from you. Phone lines are wide open. Phone lines are wide open. Chris Miller says, oh, man, Luke RJ is going to, Luke RJ is going to snap on this one. He says, well, just looking back and over our history, 115 years, the only years we've gotten 10-plus wins in a season are 1984, 11, 12, and 13. 1984, 11, 12, four times. History is definitely why we don't get the benefit of the doubt. Indeed, indeed. And that's why, so I mean, like a guy like Brian Dean, for example, or anybody that's picking Carolina to go 10 and 2. Like, I don't care what you pick. Hey, you're, you're Cocky Twan, you're Luke RJ, or you're whoever. You want to pick Carolina to win 9 or 10 games? Be my guest. Just understand when you do that, right? Understand when you pick Carolina to win 10 games. How rare that is. Understand how how unique and rare that result would be. I'm not saying you're defined by history. Who gives a damn? 2022 is its own season. What happened in the past means nothing for this year. But I'm just saying, right, when, when you are making predictions and you're trying to be right, for the most part, you're trying to be right. That is why you are not seeing national analysts go out on a limb and pick the Gamecocks 
to do that. Because history, context clues would tell you, context clues would tell you that it's not going to happen. Anyways, uh, let's see. Billy Thompson, how possible is it that Tennessee and South Carolina both get to 10 wins? I, again, I've got count of eight and four. I think eight and four is best case scenario. I, I just call me crazy. I, I think that's the best case. I don't think 10 wins. I, I don't I don't think 10 wins is, with, is within the realm of possibility for this football team. I don't. This is not a 10-win football team. This team. This team, folks, is not good enough on the line of scrimmage to win 10 games. It's not. It's not. This team's not good enough up front to win 10 games. Chris Miller says, I will say, though, if Muschamp can get us to a 9-4 and four season, Beamer can get us to nine wins in his tenure. Chris, I mean, I've got us going 8-4 and four in the regular season. Who knows what happens in a bowl game? Maybe you can win nine this year. I'm not saying that's impossible to get to, but I'll say this, and Austin Greer says Carolina's a 7-5 and five team. That's fine. If we, I don't care how you slice it. If you can get to eight wins this season, whether that's with or without a bowl win, eight wins would be a great year too. I, I I just I think fans have got to keep perspective. Realize that just two years ago, just two years ago, we went two and eight. Two years ago, that wasn't that long ago. And Billy Thompson says no way that eight and four is the best case scenario. Well, I say it is. I say it is, Billy. I'd you know if you want to banter that and argue, we can. Um, I, I just I think nine wins or more is a bit unrealistic. Uh, at nine and three, Billy, you are saying Carolina won every swing game on their schedule. I don't think that's realistic. I think worst case is probably six and six. I think to say you go five and seven, I think that's as bold as saying nine and three. I really do. I think that's as bold as saying nine and three. I don't think there's no way this team misses a bowl game if everybody stays healthy. Let's just put it that way. If everybody stays healthy. This team ain't missing a bowl game. Um, so, Austin Greer saying, people saying eight and four are wild. Let's not pretend like we were almost a five-win team last year. Well, Austin, I said eight and four with a win over Clemson. So, you must think I'm, I'm, I'm a damn lunatic. I'm a damn lunatic. So, I mean, that's fair. Listen, I mean, Austin, you're, you're, you're splitting hairs there, bro. You said seven and five. But people that are say eight and four are crazy. It's one game. It's one game. Yeah, Arkansas, listen, biggest swing game. Biggest swing game, for sure. You beat Arkansas, throw the predictions out the window. I just think when the chips fall and the dust settles, eight and four is the best case scenario. I think eight and four is best case. A.J. Bowers, a little late to the show, but are you staying on until Beamer comes on? No, I am not. He speaks at 3. We're doing the normal 12 to 2, guys. I got to eat lunch. I got I got other things to do also. I mean, we, you know, I'll be covering it. I'll be watching it, but we got other things we got to take care of. We got a busy, busy day. Got our uh, alehouse tour in downtown Greenville tonight. Uh, so getting ready for that. Also, we've also got a podcast to record for tomorrow. So I will not be staying live until 3 o'clock, no. But I will be watching it, covering it, tweeting through it, all that good stuff. Um, 
Also, AJ, in case you missed this since you tuned in late, uh, the Daily Crow is now available. This goes for everybody else may have tuned in late. The Daily Crow is now available in podcast form. Now available in podcast form. Very exciting stuff. We are live now on iTunes, Spotify, I think everywhere else, but those are the main two big ones, of course. And uh, everywhere you you know everywhere you can find podcasts, we will eventually be there. But uh, the Daily Crow, like today's Daily Crow, will drop on that podcast feed. I'd probably say like 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock it'll drop, and that will be every single day after TDC. I will grab the audio, cut it up, do my thing. We will have it published on that podcast feed. So if you tune in late, if you miss the Daily Crow, you will now have it available in a podcast version in a podcast form to go back and listen to. And that's something, again, I'm really excited about because I feel like it's going to drive value to you guys, to our audience, in case there's an interview you might miss. Um, so you don't have to have YouTube pulled up on your phone or what have you. Now you can listen to just the audio podcast version. So for those tuned into the podcast, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all sincerely. Billy Thompson, in your eyes, is Spencer Rattler a top three quarterback in the SEC? I think it's, I think he's close. I think it's Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Got to put K.J. Jefferson. I think he's a top five quarterback. Top three might be pushing it a little bit right now. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Matt's, Matt Sellers. If these are going on podcasts, can we cut some of the dead air callers short? Maybe one in particular. Matt, um, <laughs> without naming any names, I think uh, I think we'll be okay in regards to the calls. Um, listen, I, I am constantly trying to enhance the listener experience, you guys experience. And so, you know, I'll just say on my end, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that this is an optimal experience for you all. And that it's a premium experience. And so just, just know that I have your best interest in mind. That's all I'll say. Um, Bobby Nelson, where do you think we're at with our current offensive line? I think the offensive line improves. I don't think the offensive line is elite, right? I don't think the offensive line is elite. Um, I, I just, listen, I think, honestly, Bobby, I could give a prediction right now, but, but, but I think with the questions that we have with the line, that, that's what they are is questions. And the only way we're going to find out is to see on the field the answers. Because they should be better. They should. How much better is the question? They'll be better. But how much better? How much better? Billy Thompson, what, what do you have us finishing in the SEC East standings? Billy, go look at my predictions on social media. This is why I'm going to republish my predictions, by the way, every weekend. Uh, Billy, I have us finishing third in the SEC East behind Tennessee. I've got Kentucky and Carolina both going 8-4, and 4-4. Four, four and four. The Gamecocks have the tiebreaker over Kentucky because I think they will beat the Wildcats. So, yeah. Age of hours, I'll say this. If we don't win seven or eight games or more with this team, with all the better talent or offense, and something's wrong, it needs to be fixed ASAP. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you go seven and five or better, all is good. Yeah, and we need to see, we need to see strides made on the offense, AJ. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. Rebecca, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, Austin, we do have football tonight. If that's sort of your thing with the preseason and the, Ra the Raiders and the Jags, we will have, uh, of course, at Ale House, the games will be on. So come on out, watch some football, eat some great food, drink you some beer, what have you. Um, have a good time. We'll do a little Q&A at 7.30. Also, downtown Greenville, Carolina Ale House. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Going to be a blast. Um, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. So, 
Robbie Davis in the comments. He says, if we have no bad injuries, I believe we'll shock, shock some people. Go Gamecocks. Mark Regal says, 10-3. and three. One thing is for sure, we'll have a better record than Tennessee. Tennessee's schedule is much harder than ours. Why is no one talking about this? I just, I, Mark, Mark, I love you, dude. And, and, I, and I, again, I respect, I respect all the predictions. I just, I can't believe there's people out there that think we're going to win 10 games. I, I can't believe it. I, I just, I, like, I, re, I respect all predictions. I do. You start talking about winning 10 games, I, I got I to gotta be honest. I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy, and I think you're setting yourself up for massive heartbreak. Massive heartbreak. Because, again, again, here's the thing, guys. People will look at last year and say, this team could have won nine games. This team could have also won four games. Folks, folks, I can give you reasons why Carolina could win nine games this year. I could give you reasons why Carolina could win five. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Right? It's not realistic to expect that all of those question marks we have will work out negatively and that we'll win five games. But it's also not realistic to expect that all these question marks we have will work out on the positive. Hey, let's take the receiver position, for example. Josh Van's a stud. I can't wait to watch him this year. Beyond him, does it not concern anyone else that we are putting all of our hope and faith into two guys in Wells and Rucker that have never played a down in this league? They've never played a down in the SEC. So, I don't give a damn that Wells posts a video of him running against air in the facility. He needs to do it in this conference. This ain't James Madison. This ain't Arkansas State. And Austin Greer, again, man, I I love you to death, but you got nothing to base that opinion off of, that Wells is a better player than Josh Van. You have nothing. Literally nothing. I understand the guy was was a record setter at... James Madison. I understand that. I'm not saying he's not a bad player, but until he does it on the field in an SEC game, I'm giving Josh Van what I feel like is his just-do-earned respect. The guy was good last year. It's 1A, 1B, but, like, I just don't understand why people are just writing off Josh Van. What did Josh Van do last year to deserve, deserve that? I'm not saying Wells isn't going to be good. I'm just saying I'm not anointing him wide receiver one. Okay, Mark Regal, Leggett is there. What has Leggett done? Omega Blake is there. What has Omega Blake done? Dak Joyner. Dak Joyner's not a good receiver. The offensive line. Again, I'm in the middle. But if you really want the reasons why 10 wins is an unrealistic prediction, the offensive line still stinks. What's to say they won't still stink? Give me a reason why they won't still stink. I like Rattler a lot. Hopefully he lives up to the expectations of hype. You lost your two leading rushers in Harris and White. I like Christian Beal Smith. No guarantee Marshawn Lloyd comes back into his own and becomes the guy we all hope. 
Defensively, you lose your top takeaway guy, Jalen Foster. No guarantee Devonnie Reed is him. You still can't stop the run. Got the same guys up front as you had last year, practically. The take that I'm making is too negative. There's no doubt. Call from... Here we go. Brad, Brad. What's on the phone lines here? To accept. Brad, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Just chilling. What's up? Hey, uh, I haven't seen much much of the, the growth today because I'm driving right now. But I did see Walker's call, and I just got on and uh, was hearing you talk about the key position players we've got in. And uh, I've been meaning to call. I don't think I've called yet ever, actually, either. But wanted to get your take and see if you are uh, buying or selling the offensive line since you just brought it up. Um, you know, I think uh, Javon Gwynn brought up a good point in at uh, media days about the comfortability of not having all the calls changed, right? And I think uh, maybe it was Yuva or something who posted about first time having the same offensive coordinator for a second year in a row. And I think that does apply to the O-line. Um, so I wanted to show those big guys a little bit of love. Um, I, I think we're getting back every single person and Dylan Wanham played only six games last year, I believe. Right. So I imagine he'll be back and starting every game, of course. But are you buying or selling that uh, that the O-line is actually going to be improved? Because obviously two years ago, we saw the year Kevin Harris had and then, you know, thought that might translate to this past year. But obviously with new coordinators, maybe that played a factor in it. Maybe it didn't. But just kind of wanted to get your take on, uh, on that. Because I think, you know, you said before, we'll go as far as maybe Spencer Rattler takes us or – we're, we're always in a game as long as we have him. But, but I think it's almost a little bit more of the offensive line, right? Like, can they block for him? Mm. You know, we got we got a really good running back room. Or can they actually, you know, translate that on field now that they have some of these same calls and, and uh, expectations from the coaches? So mm. kind of wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, hang on with me for this answer, Brad. I'm buying that the offensive line will be improved. I'm buying it because they literally can't be worse than they were last year. They, they, they just can't. Brad, how, how can that offensive line be worse? Tell me. How, how, like, how can they be worse? They, they can't. They literally can't. There's nowhere to go but up. You gave up 32 sacks last year. Couldn't run the ball for jack shit. They can't be worse. So, 129 starter, or 129 starts back. Seven guys back who've started six or more games in a season. They have to be better. Second year in the system. Steady hand at quarterback. If if they're not better, get rid of everybody. Fire them all. There ain't no excuse for them not to be better. The question's how much better will they be? And I just, I think that we will make strides and improvements. I think we have some guys on the offensive line that are limited talent-wise. And you know what? That's just what it is right now. That's why you're going out recruiting big-time dudes. But that doesn't mean we can have a solid enough O-line to win eight games. We can. But we're not a lead up front. We're not a lead up front. We're, we're not going to produce a 1,000-yard rusher. I, you know, again. But they should make strides this year. I just don't know how great the strides will be. I'm trying not to set unrealistic expectations for that offensive line. But, I mean, Brad, to be honest with you, it's not really a bold take to say the O-line will be better because they can't be worse. That's where I fall on it. So, yeah, I'm buying they'll be better, but they can't be worse. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, how much they, how much better they will be is going to be dependent on, you know, I, I guess the consistency of those falls from the previous season. But, you know, I think the offensive line, you know, we're all talking Spencer and Antoine and, and Rucker and all these new guys, Christian Beal Spencer, I think, you know, for them to shine really, regardless of what conference they're coming from or what have you, the O-line has to just be tremendously better, right? Like, I think they're they're truly, you know, a bigger difference in a 6-7 loss win season to a 9-10 win season. And I'm not saying that we're going to get to 9 or 10 wins this season, of course, but if they tremendously improve, it's only going to help, obviously, the rest of the position players, which, I mean, that's obvious, right? Like, if the O-line is really good, you should have a good running back who can produce. But it, it, I feel like that's, you know, still one of the bigger question marks, even bigger than how much Antoine or even Spencer will produce for us, right? It's because it, it kind of falls on them. So yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta have, you got, you gotta have those big uglies up front, man. You have to. You gotta have those big uglies up front. Spencer Rattler can't be Spencer Rattler. Antoine Wells can't be Antoine Wells. Josh Van can't be Josh Van. Lloyd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cannot be who they are if the line doesn't do their job, right? So, yeah, I mean that 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 to me is what's separating Carolina, because again, I mentioned before. The more this game changes, the more it stays the same. If you can line up and take a man and move him where you want him to go, it still comes down to blocking, tackling, assignments. It still comes down to those fundamentals, right? Everybody in the SEC's got skill players. Now, some have more than others. Bama's got more than Vandy. It's not a hot take. It's the truth. But what Bama's also got that Vandy ain't got is depth up front. That's what the elites have is depth up front. And I really do feel like it is that depth up front that really puts teams into tiers and separates them, right? Because if you don't have those guys, you have practically nothing. I mean, Spencer Rattler's great. And again, I think his addition is going to help the offensive line. Having a steady hand back there is going to help. There are many reasons, like you mentioned, why the offensive line will be better. There really aren't many reasons why the line will be worse. Because again... I don't know that they can really get worse, you know? I just don't know that they can. Um, But my question just comes back to how much better will they be? And, again, while I think it's unrealistic to expect they'll be as bad as they were last year, I think it's also very unrealistic to expect, oh, we're going to pave the way for a 1,000-yard rusher and, you know, we're just going to have a top three or four in the SEC line. We're not there yet. But that doesn't mean we can't improve greatly because we were at the bottom of the barrel last year. So, we, you know, it's, it's funny because yeah. we've seen two extremes of this offensive line. Because most of all these guys were on that 2020 team that paved the way for Kevin Harris. And then they were all on this team last year that couldn't block for jack shit. So, who are you? Against, who are you? Against all SEC competition, by the way, right? right. Like, we're like, hell, you got all SEC competition and you're paving the way for a 1,000-yard rusher. But, you know, like I said, we learned in between – you know, the 2020 and 2021 season that clearly, uh, regardless of the coordinator switch, we don't know what to expect going into any season, regardless of who we're bringing back, you know? So, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous about the O-line. You know what I mean? It's, I love to be optimistic about, you know, all these key players we have. And, of course, I I think we'll have a shot in every game, including Georgia, including Arkansas, Clemson, all those guys. 
Um, I think Tennessee probably is the, the game that scares me most. I know Dalton's not going to want to hear that, but, um, but you know, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the, the biggest question mark still for me is, is just that, that O-line, man. Just yeah. seeing the difference from the past two years is just wild to me how much they you know, progressed and whatnot. Yeah. So, like, I don't well, know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and listen, I think your I think your concerns are justified. And Brad, just because you're concerned doesn't make you a pessimistic or a bad fan. I would like to remind people everybody's good in the preseason, right? Everybody's good, right? You look at all oh, this guy that, but you know what? Then happens we get in the season and you get punched in the face and you find out who's really good and who ain't worth a damn. That's what happened last year. I heard the same shit about the offensive line last year and they weren't worth a damn. So. I need to see it. Sorry. I got to see it. I need to see it. There's some guys on our roster. I still need to see it. You know, that, that don't make you a bad yeah. fan or pessimistic. Saying Carolina won't win 10 games is not a bold take. It's a pretty normal take, actually. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, a lot of reasons why they'll be improved. But you're very just – we're all justified to be keeping a sharp eye on that offensive line to see what they do. We are. After last year – you're absolutely justified in those feelings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't think we're we, – we, of course, aren't going to learn much uh, week one, right? Not that Georgia State's a bad team, but, you know, are they really going to open up the playbook and right. do all that jazz? But I think we'll find out pretty damn soon in, in the Arkansas game whether our line worth the shit or not. Your, your physicality so, – you we will know after three weeks what this team's physicality is. Georgia State will be physical. Arkansas will be physical as hell. And then Georgia is Georgia. So, if you're not there up front, offensively and defensively, if you're not there up front, there will be no hiding. We will know after three weeks, what is this team on the line of scrimmage? 100%. Well, hey, it was good chatting. Before I go, shout out to the big Cox Club. If you're not in it, definitely worth it. Um, and I'll leave it leave it at that. Brad, means a lot, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for the love, and uh, can't wait to see you. Hopefully, at the tailgate again soon, my friend. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be at the uh, I'm going to Arkansas. I guess that's for sure. So I yeah. wouldn't miss that for the world. So I'll watch you then. Um, awesome, man. I appreciate you. Take care. Good stuff. All right, brother. All right, man. Great stuff there from our guy, Bad Brad. Let me go back to this comment, by the way. I love how the comment somebody said, I think, Chris, I think you'll pick us to win 10 games just so they can get your banter, they can get your, yeah. So Mark Regal says he can counter everything I said about why Carolina won't win 10. Mark, I can do the same thing you're doing. I literally just did this with Mark Rogers like two hours ago, that this team has question marks, right? There are reasons to be optimistic. There are reasons to be pessimistic. I'm not saying when I countered you that all those negative things are going to happen negatively. But it's just as unrealistic, Mark, for you to say that they're all going to work out in our favor. The truth will lie somewhere in the middle. Some of our questions will work out better than we probably even expect. They'll exceed our expectations. But some of the questions it's realistic to expect, they won't work out the way we hoped. When, has, when have things, when have we ever gone into a season and everything just worked out? Everything panned out how we hoped it would. Like, the truth's somewhere in the middle. That's where I come in. Perspective. Perspective's a beautiful thing, man. And I'm sorry, but 
a 10-win season? Somebody mentioned, what if it goes to the bowl game? 9-3 and three with a bowl win. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think 8-4 and four is best case, and I think 8-4 and four is a season we should all be ecstatic about. And if we win more, guys, you act like I'm going to be upset. I'll be elated. Elated. But more perspective. This is a team last year that went 7-6, and six, won the Mayo Bowl. This is a team that was very close to going 4-8. and eight. True somewhere in the middle, right? This is not a 10-win football team. This isn't a 5-win football team either, but it's not a 10-win team. It's not. It's not. I think that's putting way... But, you know, hey, maybe it is this crazy magical year. But to pick that, from your lips to God's ears, as I like to say. Guys, we're going to jump into a break. I want to continue to hear from you. Hey, keep it coming. Keep the heat coming. Maybe by the end of this show, y'all can convince me we're going to win 10 games, and I'll change my predictions. Taking more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well, 843-790-3377. And I was laughing during the break because uh, I saw my guy, Brian Dean, who already picked 10-2, and two, now says 8-4 and four is a safe pick. He has the gunslinger mentality. He picked 10-2. To hell with it. Now he's going 11-1. Brian, just pick us to win them all. Brian, hey, you know what? Fuck it. 15-0 national title. Just go all out. Why even pick us to lose a game? Why even pick us to lose a game? If I mean, if you're going to go 10-2, just go 12-0. Because you sound just as crazy saying 12-0 as you do 10-2. Hell, we've been talking to the Big Cock Club Discord. I mean, I've, I've, I've been known to make bets and win them all, by the way. I've won every one of them. I've won them all. So I'll make yet another bet right here. If Carolina wins 10 games this season, I don't care if it's with a bowl win, without a bowl win. If South Carolina football in the year of our Lord 2022, if they win 10 games with or without a bowl win, I will get Beamer Ball, the Beamer Ball logo. This guy right here, I will get Beamer Ball tattooed on my ass cheek without hesitation, without, nothing would bring me more joy than to have to do that. So you have my word here on this Thursday, August the 4th at 1.25 p.m. If we win 10 games or more this season, if we reach double-digit wins, Beamer ball going on my ass cheek, okay? I'm confident in saying that. And you know what? God, that would be the greatest day of my entire life. That content would be the most viewed content I've ever made. I'd love nothing more than to have to do it. And hey, 9-3 and three with a 10th win in a bowl game, that still counts. That counts. You have my word. You have my word. I mean, hell, if you're going to pick us, go 10-2, just go 12-0. and 0. 
Just say 12 and 0. Hey, we're never losing again. Just say 12 and 0. No, Jonathan Lee, I will get Beamer Ball tatted on my ass. Gladly. Gladly. AJ Powers. AJ Bowers with the important questions. Are you getting it in garnet and black or just one color? Uh, maybe we'll go with this. I don't know. I mean, probably got, we got to go with this guy. I, I'm, I'm wearing this shirt the day of making the bet. It must be this. I mean, I've done a lot of ass. I, the ass tat bet thing. The ass tat bet thing has got to backfire at some point, right? It has to. It has to. It has to. John Ever, what game outside of Georgia State, South Carolina are you in Are you talking about just like the college football schedule for week one, John Edward? Is that what you're talking about? Left or right cheek, he says. I don't know. I haven't decided. I don't know. Maybe we'll do – no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say one cheek. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get – yeah. I'll go link up with Beamer. Get him – we'll get a picture with it. Be like, this is what happens when you bet against the GOAT. Don't bet against the GOAT. Don't bet against the GOAT. Dude, listen. I, I just want us to win. We, 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 hey, we – listen. We win 10 games. Like I said, I'll be sprinting to the tattoo parlor. Uh, yeah, Tree probably going to commit to the Gamecocks tomorrow. Jonathan Lee wants to talk recruiting. He wants to talk anything other than my ass. Jonathan Lee, you uncomfortable, my guy? You seem uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I think Tree is going to commit. Nobody else I'm hearing about, but uh, that'll be a big one. That will be a big one for sure. Again, Shane Beamer speaking to the media today at 3 o'clock. Very, very excited to hear his comments on the start of fall camp. Very excited to hear his thoughts on the start of fall camp. Uh, you know, not sure that he'll drop anything, you know. Not sure that he'll drop anything that is over the top or anything like that, but I'm excited to hear his updates. Very excited. Talking season. Is over. Anyways, guys, taking your questions, your comments, your calls. Carmelo Taylor, when does he commit? I don't even know. When does he commit? John Edward, for the week we play. John Edward, are you talking about again? Are you talking about my most intriguing matchup outside of South Carolina Georgia State for week one? What are you talking about? Uh, don't know when Harbor commits either. That's a big one. That'd be huge, obviously. When I'm going to play in the country. That would be a massive, massive pickup. Um, let's see. Brian Lattimore makes the point that uh, – Beamer will show love to that that ass tat clip. I, I don't know that Beamer will. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that he will. I, you think so? I don't. You think he's going to show that to the team? All right, we got even more motivation. I don't think they need motivation from me to go win every game. 
I don't think they need that, but maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. Todd Smith in the super chat. Todd, thank you, sir. Todd, appreciate you, Todd. Todd, 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 Todd. Appreciate you, Todd. Appreciate that. You the man, Todd Smith. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all for the continued love and support. The banter today has been incredible. The banter, the banter has been incredible. Um, so, also, if you're listening via the podcast form, guys, in case you missed that, the, pod, the podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify. We'll be across Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. If you're tuned into the podcast version, um, appreciate you, appreciate you, and excited for the podcast version to be now available, and, and uh, yeah, so good stuff on that front. I think that's something that's going to drive a lot of value to you guys. Also, come on out tonight. We are at Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville. It all gets going at 6 o'clock. We'll do like a Q&A around like 7.30 or so. We'll take your questions, talk ball, whatever, and uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. So really looking forward to it. I, I You know, every time we've thrown an event in Greenville, it's just been incredible. The love we felt has been awesome, and I, I expect more of the same tonight. And uh, I know a couple of people I know I'm going to see there. A couple of people I know I'm going to see there, and and uh, you should be a blast. Should be a blast. So, not your average sports kids. I'm listening right now while studying for my driver's ed final. Love that. Love that, my man. I hope you crush it. Hope you crush it. Um, Cocky Twan just says nine and three. I hear you, Cocky Twan. Hey, Cocky Twan, let's get that tenth win. I'll get the ass tap. Let's get that 10th win, my guy. Why not? Why stop at nine? Why stop? Cocky Twan, you got nine and three. Do you think the Gamecocks, do you think the Gamecocks uh, win a 10th in the bowl game? Do you, do you see that happening? Let's see. How about SG1, by the way? Their simulation has Carolina, what is it? 8-0, 9-0, whatever. Unreal. Babes and Waves says, what's the best stop so far, and do you think Greenville will be the best? Well, Babes and Waves, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to unfairly label and say, this one was the best. Like, make it sound like that, like, oh, you know, that, you know, uh, this stop wasn't good. They're all great. It would be fun, though, Babes and Waves, to, like, power rank the ill houses based off of the tours. Um, I mean, right now, out of Somerville, I, I mean, it's what's, what's interesting, though, is, like, Somerville's special because it was the first one. And we had a great crowd, by the way. Had a great crowd. Myrtle Beach is awesome because it was the first time I was ever there. Greenville, I, I will say, I think Greenville will be the largest crowd we have. I, I will be surprised if that's not the case. What you guys might find interesting, believe it or not, the least attended events. Okay, sorry about that, guys. My Mac just completely bugged out, completely bugged out. I don't know what just happened there, but uh, the Mac literally just shut down and restarted. So, we're back now. Hopefully, you guys can hear me, see me. Said You said it was lagging, so maybe something. I don't know what was going on. Must champ hackers to the moon. 
I, I don't know what just happened there. Uh, the Mac literally just just shut down, gone, kaput, dunzo. Uh, can y'all see me? Can y'all hear me? Are we back now? Let's see. Can y'all see me? Can y'all hear me? Are y'all good now? Again, it, it's not you. It was me. My Mac just literally cut off. I don't know what just happened. Okay, sounds like we're good. Looks like we're good. I, I don't. I don't know what just happened. The Mac just, just like the screen just went black. So the, uh, I don't know. Cody Branch says, "No wonder it's not the streaming service. It's an Apple product, dude." I love my Mac. I love my Mac. I don't know what dude, I love. I got Apple everything. So. Anyways, um, back to what I was saying. Sorry about that, guys. Daniel Gregory. Okay, everybody. Okay, everybody should be okay. Everybody can hear me, see me. Okay, we're good. But and Connor McCormish, I think Cola will bring the heat. Don't get me wrong. I think Cola is going to be um a lot of fun. But I will say. I will say the the most the least attended events have been the ones in Columbia, believe it or not. And, and I'm not saying that to say like we haven't had crowds there, but I, I think almost to be honest with you, I think what it is, I think people in Columbia take it for granted. I, I do. Because I think we have we have so many, so many options for Gamecock stuff that I think, like, for example, like my 10 roof shows on a weekly basis. It's not like we have, like, 20 people out there. We might get three or four. But I, I think that it's the availability of it, right? We're in Columbia or, you know, we were in Columbia and there's just all types of Gamecock stuff. And it's like, oh, another Gamecock event. Cool, right? Versus when you make a point out of it to go to a Greenville or go to a Somerville or go to a Myrtle Beach, right? Or go to a Fort Mill, Augusta, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are events that are special things. They just don't normally happen. Again, it's kind of, we've talked before, the beauties and the scarcity, right? So yeah, the least attended events I've had, they've been in Columbia. So I'm, I'm not saying that the Columbia Alehouse Tour won't bring the heat, but it wouldn't shock me if it was the least attended event. I'll be honest with you. I just, I just, again, I just think that it's, there's so many options for Gamecock stuff. And I hope y'all prove me wrong. I hope y'all prove me wrong. I, I just, but it's crazy because you'd think Columbia was the most attended, right? But it's actually the opposite. I mean, Greenville last year, I mean, dude, we threw it. Listen, listen, Greenville last year was by far the most attended watch party. Wasn't even close, right? Last year in Columbia, and there's those can attest. My buddy Tucker was there. Dalton was there. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it because it's not an indictment on the business. It is what it is, right? You 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 throw events, right? Especially when you're building a business. Slap dicks won't understand this, but when you when you build a business, you throw events. I mean, you're gonna have some events, guys, that like basically nobody shows up, and, and that's okay. It is what it is. Again, it's not an indictment on your business, but it just happens. It just happens, and you learn as you go and you evolve. I mean, the watch party we had last year for the Georgia game at Carolina Ale House in Harbison, we had like four people come. I mean, again, you can ask Dalton, you can ask my buddy Tucker. There was like four people that showed up. Like no, basically nobody, right? For Georgia, it's a huge game for Georgia, right? And I know a lot of people went to the game, but still, 
We had more people out for a noon kickoff against East Carolina in Greenville than we had come out in Columbia for a night game against Georgia. So what does that mean, right? What does that mean? Again, I just think in Columbia, and I think too a lot, I think, I think too a lot of the reason, I think too a lot of the reason is because Columbia is older folk and students. That is that's that's that to me is what a lot of cola is. It's a city dominated by the college, right? So a lot of college kids don't want to just come out to a Carolina Ale House. They want to go rage, they want to go party. And then a lot of old folks, they just don't want to come out, period, right? So when you go to a Greenville, you go to a Myrtle, you go to a Somerville, you go to basically anywhere else, there are there's a young professional community, there's a younger community, there's a you know that want to come out and about and do things, right? I don't know. I, I'm not trying to like not Columbia. I just that's kind of what I pick up from it. And so we are going to have another watch party in Columbia. We're going to have our tour in Columbia, right? And I'd love for Cola. I'd love for Cola. You guys prove me wrong. Hey, bring the heat. Bring the heat. August 30th, that Tuesday night, bring the heat. I'm probably going to have the watch party for the Clemson game in Columbia. Bring the heat. Do it. Let's do it. Right? Because if I was power ranking the air, the ale houses based off of my events, Harbison would probably be near the bottom. I, I have to be honest with you. It'd probably be near the bottom. So maybe after the tour's over, I'll power rank them. Because I want to challenge people, right? Hell, I challenged Somerville and Myrtle Beach. I said, hey, guys, I'm driving three hours and four hours. Let's do the damn thing. Let's come out. And you guys showed up, and I say thank you for that. I say thank you for that. Connor McCormick says, how was the women's basketball thing you did there? Three, four people came. So. I, oh, the women. So, okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Different, different, different. Hold on. We did a women's basketball game regular season game. That was like three, four people. The national championship was fun. That was fun. That was cool. We actually had a decent crowd. I'd say 10. But still, the crowds there have not been like they've been at other spots. And again, I think a lot of it's just there are a lot of options in Columbia, right? There are a lot of options. And so it's extremely competitive versus like when you throw an event like this tonight in Greenville, what other Gamecock event is there, guys? And, and the folks up here in Greenville, I think the reason they show up and show out is because they don't get stuff like this normally, right? They're, they're dealing with Clemson slapdicks 24-7. So – a lot of Gamecocks, when they get the opportunity to put their garnet and black on and, and, and show up and show out, they do it. They do it. So they do it. And uh, I'm appreciative of them. I'm also appreciative of the folks in Columbia. I just, I want to challenge my Cola folks a little bit. I want to challenge my Cola folks. Y'all show up and show out, man, the 30th. But uh, tonight, we got downtown Greenville. Very excited. Things are going at 6 o'clock. We'll do a little Q&A at 7.30, but it's, it's going to be a blast, man. I mean, Carolina Alehouse, you see the, the logo. Over 65 beers on tap. 65 beers on tap. Great food, great people, great times. Yeah, Connor McCormick says, I'm a student. I understand what you're talking about because when I actually think about it, I'd rather go to Village than go with the boys than go to Carolina Alehouse. Yeah, and so, Connor, I mean, listen, I got a lot of love for my students, but that's what a lot of COLA is, is students. Like, a lot of people, when they graduate, they don't stay. A lot of folks, when they graduate, they don't stay, right? They either go to Charlotte, they go to Greenville, 
They go to Atlanta. They go to Charleston. They don't stay in Colwood. A lot of them don't stay in Colwood. So, and that's just, I mean, that's, that's cool, but that's the reality. So when you're throwing events, I think that's why we felt, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what Fort Mill's like next week. I really am. Because I thought the crowd was, it was, it was solid. It was okay. But Fort Mill's the closest alehouse, obviously, to Charlotte. And Charlotte, bro, there's a lot of Gamecocks in Charlotte. The CLT Gamecocks, they know how to do the damn thing. So, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Going to be a great time. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break. But I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow, taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well, 843-790-3377. Shout out to those who are tuned in to the podcast version of TDC. Appreciate y'all. Um, let's see. Babes and Waves says, Colin needs to keep the grads. Forget Charlotte. <laughs> Babes and Waves, as someone who's lived in both cities, Charlotte a zillion times out of a zillion, bro. I'm sorry, like... Listen, again, I got a lot of love for Cola, but, like, people that don't live in Columbia, right? Again, I got a lot of love for Cola. But people that don't live in Columbia, they think, oh, man, because I've been one of these people. It'd be so great to live by the stadium. They think of Willie B and Founders Park and CLA. and Right, that's all really cool, right? But as you live there for a while, what you realize is when it's not game day, Columbia is just another town, man. It's just another place, right? And so then you start comparing Columbia, the city itself, to other places. And I've said this comparing Columbia to Greenville. I'd without a doubt say it about Charlotte. If you think Columbia is a better city than Charlotte, you are on drugs, my friend. Like, there ain't even a comparison. It's not even a comparison. By the way, guys, I just posted this on Twitter, and I'm sure this is going to piss people off because people just take everything so personally. But you guys might have seen at Costco, right? These, 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 this deal they're selling at Costco, okay, for South Carolina football. Two West Upper tickets, right, for valid for any home game except Georgia. $89.99 for two tickets. And you get all-you-can-eat food, right? My question to you is this, though, because I looked at it and first thought, it's a great deal. It's a great deal, right? Great deal helps get people to the stadium, okay? But I've ran into some season ticket holders that are not thrilled about this. And it gives you a parking spot, right, in the fairground. But, I, again, I've run into season ticket holders that were not thrilled with this. So, what do you say? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Great deal? Bad deal? What do you like? Babes and waves, I don't know what you're on, my guy, but Charlotte does not suck. Charlotte's dope. <laughs> Charlotte's dope as hell, bro. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I love you, my guy, but Charlotte's dope as hell. I, I, if Charlotte was more affordable... I would have went back. Um, 
If Charlotte was more affordable, I would have went back. Like, Charlotte's dope. Charlotte's a blast, bro. I'm not saying it's worth the money, right? But if you're, like, if you're balling, making six figures plus, like, just chilling, 100 grand plus, living the corporate life, why not, bro? Charlotte's sick. Charlotte's sick. So, anyways, um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Have you seen that, the Costco deal? $89.99 for two tickets, all-you-can-eat food, and a parking spot. I mean, that's a hell of a deal. That's a hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. But again, I've just run into season ticket holders who are saying, well, what the hell am I paying my yearly, my yearly dues for? Why am I paying my yearly dues? You know? I mean, but you you can't, you literally, you can't beat that deal. You cannot beat that deal. But I know why they're doing it. I, I know why they're doing it. Right? They want to get people in the stadium. I think, personally, I think it's genius. I think it's genius because we've talked about so many times on this show before that, you know, there are so many reasons these days to not go to games. And so the school obviously still wants people in the stadium, right? So finding creative ways, finding creative ways to get people to go, I think is is necessary. I think it's a must. And uh, again, I think it's a great deal. I really do. I think it's a great deal. And I think if you're a Gamecock fan, that again, maybe 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 price maybe has, maybe price has been an issue. I think you have to take advantage. I think you should take advantage. Why not? Why not? Again, it's two tickets in the West Upper, which is home side. West Upper, ninety bucks. Two tickets West Upper. All you can eat food, and a parking spot. Like it's everything's taken care of. Everything's taken care of. I say, why not take advantage? Why not take advantage? So, I just was curious though. Because I have, again, run into some people that are season ticket holders that are not fans of it. And so, you know, I just, I'm just here to pose the question. I'm just here to start the banter. Um, you know. I'm just here to start banter. So, uh, let's see. A lot of players speaking to the media today. A lot of players. A lot of players speaking to the media. Let's jump to the phone lines Call here. from Justin. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? How do you, Chris? Chris, um, I talked to you for a long time, man. Yeah, man, it's been a little bit. What's going on? Yeah, I'm gonna say, Chris, I agree about the tickets thing, man. I don't know about those tickets, man. You don't know about the tickets? You don't like it? Well, I think Costa got the tickets, but I don't know about that, you know. Hold on. What? What do you? What do you? So, do you like the tickets or you don't like the tickets? Well, it, I think it's kind of new. I, it's. I think. I, well, I think it's kind of new. I think people should try to see how it does. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good just to again get people in the stadium. I just, you know, that's their number one goal. They're doing the whole catch a game slogan thing. I think get people in the stadium and and pack out Willie B. I think that's the number one concern. So what? You know, again, you got to get creative. Right, they're having trouble. I think filling in the last ten percent or so of the uh, of the stadium, selling those tickets. So finding whatever creative ways you can do oh, that, yeah. I think it, I think it's smart. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll say at least kudos to the school for trying something. You know, 
Oh yeah, and Chris, we we didn't do that last year, you know, because they they were afraid to do it last year too, you know. Yeah, good point. Good point. Good point indeed, my friend. Good point indeed. Oh yeah. So. Hey, Chris. Oh yeah. Hey, Chris, fly go, man. Um, hey, Chris, you can pick any ACC to beat Chris. Who would it be? If I was going to pick anybody in the ACC to beat Clemson, I'd say NC State. I think they're the hot team to pick right now. Um, I think they got like eighteen or two starters back. Got the quarterback back. I think NC State is the team that most that most feel if somebody makes a move. If somebody makes a move on Clemson, it will be NC State. Yeah, I I got NC State too, Chris. Because I, I like NC State because I, that's my favorite second team, you know. Because I, I love NC State again, because you know, um, mm. I don't care about North Carolina because they showed me much last year, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, dude, UNC, I think, will take a major step back. I think Sam Howell, I think having him at QB, I think that was their window. I think, uh, you know, I think they missed out on it. So, I, I don't think UNC will be a factor this year. Yeah, I agree, Chris, because, you know, you, I would say I got to sit with my team, you know, like a game comes on each day. That's my two-parent team, you know, Chris? Mm. Indeed, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I know you like NC State too, you know. Yeah, no, I like NC State. No, I, you know, I, I, I'm pulling for somebody to dethrone Clemson as we all are. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, I gotta get going, man. Um, take care, man. Hey, appreciate you, my man. Thanks so much for the call, Justin. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, you too. All right, brother. Later. Great stuff. Great stuff from Justin. Thanks so much for him calling in. Uh, no, I listen. Like I said, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Um. Lynn Turner, if you can get somebody in the stadium to get the game day experience, you might get some folks hooked live. It's so different for TV. You know what's interesting, Lynn? You might disagree with this. and Or, well, we have different vantage points. I don't know if there's agree or disagree or what have you. But for me, I, listen, I love – I still love going to games. I'll be at every game this season. I'll be in the stadium for every single game. Cannot wait. Right? I am someone, though, doing what I do. It's, it's a different type of experience when you're trying to create content around it. I would rather, honestly, believe it or not, rather watch the game on TV. Even though I'll be, I mean, I I will be there again inside the stadium for every game because I'm going to be in Columbia throwing our tailgate and it doesn't make sense to drive back to Greenville and watch the game in the studio. But I just feel like when I'm in the stadium, I miss so much of the game. Like like in regards to like the, the, the action on the field, right? You don't really have a ton. Like, I know you got the big screen, but you don't really have replay the way you have it on TV. You don't have announcers breaking everything down and saying this, that, whatever. Like, you don't have different camera angles, and you don't see a lot who's subbing in, subbing out, whatever. So, I think football is a game that it, that is that is made for television. It's a game that's made for television. Granted, again, there's nothing like being there it's just a different experience for me when you're trying to make content. But either way, I know you guys, I mean, the, the thing that I feel great about that makes me feel good about or good about is that I know y'all enjoy the in-stadium content. Y'all enjoy that content we create when we were there inside Wings Bryce. And I, and I do love, I mean, don't, don't get it twisted. I love being there. I mean, it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing better than being in the stadium, man. It's incredible. But I, there, there are advantages. Like when we have road games, there are advantages in the way I'm able to get highlights out and and posts out and, you know, battling the in-stadium Wi-Fi or lack thereof is something I deal with consistently. So, uh, whatever. It is what it is. It's the beauty of the season. It's the beauty of the season. 
Um, guys, that's going to do it. And Lynn Turner says, this is my 32nd season in my seats. I watched the replay to get the multiple angles. I love that, Lynn. Love that. I love that. Yes, Babes and Waves, Game Day Vlogs. We'll be back behind the beak. We'll be back. I'm going to be putting together behind the beak today, the latest one. It should drop later today. Did not get to do that yesterday because we had to go to Columbia for the Tin Roof Show. That will drop today. But, yes, we'll have weekly vlogs, Babes and Waves. You, you don't worry. AJ Bowers, last question. Star player for the first game. Spencer Rattler. I think he balls out, Spencer Rattler. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much to continue love and support. If you're on the podcast side of things, welcome to the Daily Crow podcast. If you did not catch all of today's show, go check out the Daily Crow on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The Daily Crow now available in podcast form. Very excited for that. And again, all my upstate Gamecocks. Hope to see you tonight. Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville. Other than that, stay tuned for the podcast tomorrow, the Daily Crow, all the content. You know the drill. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll see you tonight at Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville. Y'all take care.